0: Hi Gary, Hi Uh, thanks for joining, thanks for getting on the call, Uh, just before we get started, yeah no very glad to have you on, just before we get started uh, just want to give a quick reminder um, for anybody watching just to uh, like and subscribe Um, and Gary's just told me I didn't know about the notification bell. So uh, like and subscribe and, and click on the notification bell so that you uh, know when we're releasing new videos. Um, and also this will be available as a podcast uh, for audio only if you prefer to listen to the audio. Um, this and all the other uh, episodes will be available on podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever else. Uh, so there'll be a link for that in the underneath the video if you wanna check that out. Uh, we're with Gary today. So Gary, if you could uh, start with a bit of an introduction.
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for having me again, Carl. Um, So really, um, my background in the education sort of field at at the moment really started when we moved uh, from London up to the Midlands. And um, we couldn't get our kids into school in time because we moved sort of like the back end of August. So we just inadvertently uh, decided to to homeschool. Uh, But previous to that, a friend of mine told me because he was homeschooling his kids as well. Um, and then, you know, we looked into it, we went into it and we didn't really get a lot of time to prepare because as some parents have seen you know, with the COVID, it's, you just feel like, oh, you know, you have to do everything right now and you've got to have all the resources and you know, they're going to fall behind and all this. So It was a little bit of a mishmash, but there was a lot of stuff that we got out from it. And one of the main things was that if I, I, I saw that if we gave our kids the time and opportunity to focus on stuff that they 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 really liked then they were able to sort of do it for sort of two to three four hours without Mm -hmm. even asking for a break they didn't even come up for air or anything Mm -hmm. um and that was a massive eye-opener alongside that you know i was reading john taylor ghetto so um you know um weapons of mass instruction and Dominus down so really my sort of my light bulb really came on there previous to that um, I've done like mentoring even up to recently I, 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 I do mentoring I work, I work with young people um, that are in the care system and also just a few couple months ago I was working in a primary school as a teaching assistant so I was able to see sort of how yeah, good. it really works you know sort of from from inside and it is as scary as I, as I thought it was um, but when you see it in, in action it's it's quite breathtaking in in the sense of how far things can really go, <clears throat> and the acceptance that people just say, "This is this is this is okay. This is a good standard," um, you know, to sort of give information to our kids. So that's the main sort of background for me, more from a sort of parental aspect, not necessarily from a professional, you know, i.e., like a school teacher or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. From from there, um, but. I am planning to sort of have more, I don't want to say more of a say, but I just want to do something about it because it's, it's all well and good sort of standing in. You know, for example, with football and you've got your armchair fans, you've got fans in, in the crowd, so, you know, you should do this at the other, and then But when they actually get onto their pitches, it's, it's a different <laughs> yeah, story. Course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't want to be that guy on the sidelines saying, you know, we should do this reform, we should do that, we should do that. So I'm planning to sort of try and get a couple of projects um, up and running. Um, there's a great guy out there, David Holland, Hollins, Holland's uh, there's Fiona Taylor um, and a CEO in Nigeria. So there's quite a few people out there that were trying to sort of put stuff together and trying and trying to get some projects going. But that's okay. my background more from parental side.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. Um, there's a lot there that I think we'll uh, we'll probably come back on. Um, in particular, it'll be interesting maybe to hear a little bit about the um the work you did in the care system as well. Um when I uh before I taught, before I became a teacher, I was interested in care work and um a number of my family members are in are in care work of one kind or another. There's some in, in uh the social care, there's some in nursing. Um so it was a it was always kind of an attractive um line of work for me anyway. And uh I, I kind of thought that's where I would go and I did a little bit of um, youth work uh, back in the UK before I moved out here to Indonesia um, and then obviously I ended up teaching so I'm, I'm interested in hearing a little bit about the, the background you have in care as well uh, before, we, yeah, before we look more at the the teaching you do so can you say a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah so um, it was about 2018 um, I was like sort of between jobs but I'd always done some form of youth work anyway so okay. in my local community I did like volunteering like every Friday we'd do football training, but it was more sort of yeah. football training, a little bit of mentoring
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, as well. Uh, so I did that, really enjoyed that. I always loved working with young people because they've got so much to give, but a lot of them don't really realise how much that they can actually do. Yeah. So I, I like the process of sort of being involved in that and trying to help them unlock that and then just sort of try to open the world to say, these are the possibilities that, that you can do. So um, I worked with a company that worked with local authorities that would help young people who were transitioning either from foster care um, mm-hmm. or from children's homes to independent living. Okay. So we would sort of be with them um, in like a home or a flat, you know, in a house or a flat, and sort of be with them sort of two to three, four days sometimes. And just helping them with like life skills, cooking, budgeting, Um, those sort of things but also the important stuff was you know just giving them a a voice and giving them a bit of a platform so you know look you can talk about you don't have to talk about all the stuff that's really personal to you but just little things and small little tidbits and stuff like that that we can talk about and then I can try to give you some of my experience and say, well, maybe don't travel down that road because, mm-hmm. you know, the end consequence could be this or, you know, if you really enjoy that, then, you know, some you chance okay to go and pursue it. So, you know, maybe take them to appointments, football training, football matches, all those sort of things there. So it was really, really good. And I've been doing that for the last couple of years. Okay. Um, it's, it is, I'd have to travel up, up sort of north of the country but right. it was brilliant, it was brilliant, you know, like you'd meet loads of different types of young people sure. from different, you know, very difficult starts a lot a lot of them have had and their trust level in adults is understandably on the floor.
0: Right, yeah. So it's
1: part yeah. of our job to sort of try to say, look, you know, it's, you can trust adults. There are people out there that actually do genuinely want good for you and mm-hmm. I'm one of those people, even though it's a little bit of a contradiction because... I'm one of those people, but after two or three days, I'm going back home.
2: You right, know, right, and then right. Someone right, else is right. going
1: to come in and they're okay. So, you know, and obviously sometimes you get to build a rapport if, if you get to go a good handful of times. So they may then start to disclose certain things to you, which has happened in their earlier life, and you can sort of mm-hmm. help them sort of, you know, manage that. So, yeah, really, really yeah.
0: good. Good, yeah. And uh, the kids that you were working with, would they have been in school as well, in mainstream school, or were they, were they out of school? Most of them were like probably like 16 to 18.
1: So right, okay. either they were just leaving school or had left school and would, would be going to college. Um, so some of them were more motivated than, than others, obviously. Right, sure. Um, and then it was just sort of trying to find that balance of, okay, well, if you're not going to go today, what is it that you can do mm-hmm. that can help you to get from point A to point B still? You know, so yeah, if you're right. gonna go next week, no problem. But you still got to try and do something. So right, you were right. trying to extract some type of learning from budgeting or cooking or right. cleaning or those sort of things. So you try to extract, that. and then sometimes you know, with, you know, what some children like, where if they feel like they're learning or they're being taught, they just switch off. Yeah, they don't so, want it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you, yeah, you kinda kind gotta of gotta do it. And trick then, them into it. Yeah, and then you know, you did it's a bit clandestine. So maybe about yeah. an hour later, you sort of go back around and say, well, this is yeah. what we did actually. Yeah. And that's connected to that and stuff like that. So and sometimes maybe you might talk about films or video games or whatever it is maybe. Right. And then, you know, sort of get them to express themselves because then obviously when it's something that they really enjoy, then it's just, you know, they, they just go on for hours and hours.
2: So Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: right. So I wonder, um, from from your um from your time working with those kids, did you see... Uh, anything about the maybe their experience with school that perhaps contributed to your sort of disillusionment about, about the education system and the schools? Was it, I mean, you talked about ensuring that these kids felt they had a voice. Uh, do you think the school doesn't do a very good job of giving them a voice, for example? What, how did that contribute to, to the way you feel now about, about education?
1: I think, I think that's a good question. I think in the sense of the start that they had in life, it's very difficult for a school to be able to allocate the time right. to dedicate to that individual on a consistent basis to help them you know, be heard <clears throat> and then for them to then say, okay, now I'm being heard, I can now concentrate or focus on some of my work. Yeah. But if the young person feels that they're not being heard or they're just really frustrated and no one's there to help them manage that, then they're going to act out enough that they're going to be able to leave the classroom. They don't have to be in that environment and then they can just start to just deal with the stuff that's right. building up internally. So, schools, I think there's, there's a bit of a six and one half a dozen dozen, because some schools really want to try to do that. I think most schools re- really do, but there's obviously a budgeting issue. There's a staffing mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. There's yeah. even like a physical, we actually haven't, we've got the staff, we've got the budget, but we actually haven't got the physical room.
2: So there's that
1: side of the thing where we want it, but we can't. So Mm -hmm. I think there is that part where they don't have that platform and then sometimes the platform that they do have is their best friend that's sitting next to them. And then maybe they're talking to them about that thing that's happened at home or something. And it's like, stop talking.
2: Right, yeah.
1: And then for that young person right there, what they're talking about is really, really important, and it, right. and it actually is. Uh, but if you keep talking, you have to go out, and right. it's just like understanding. You shut down, yeah. And then, yeah. It, and then it, yeah, and then that whole sort of thing goes again. And sometimes they might not be talking about something that's important, but they just want to be able to sort of express themselves, and they maybe haven't worked out the timing of okay, time and place, and then accepted that okay, right now is not the time and place. Mm-hmm. I still want to say i say, but I'm going to say afterwards. So yeah. because they've been sort of shut down for a good part of their early life, they just want to have an opportunity just to, just, just, just to speak when they want to speak and everything else. Sure. And obviously schools in general don't permit that because you've got to be here at this time, you've got to leave at that time, you've got to go to that yeah. place at that time, you've got to sit in that place. No, you can't sit at the back, you've got to sit at the front because you're always talking. Yeah, right. I don't want to sit in the front
0: because that means I can't. So, yeah, and it must—it all builds. It all builds on itself, right? Because if, as you've already suggested, you know, a lot of these kids, because of the kinds of experience that they've had, whether it's at home or just in the broader community, uh, they've got a low. Um, a low trust threshold for for adults anyway a lot of the time and then if the teacher is shutting them down and not allowing them to have a voice it's just going to build on that sense that you know look these adults these teachers they're not interested in me they don't care about me it only kind of spirals spirals out of how uh, to control that right
1: yeah yeah absolutely because uh, even if they do find that one teacher or teaching assistant or you know, dinner lady that does actually want to listen to them and does try and find time to connect with them, still just they'll always be testing them.
2: Yeah, know? right. So right. Yeah. Last
1: for weeks and a month sometimes, and then you might get one little breakthrough, and then when you get that breakthrough, you you can't sort of charge in because you can't, You want to be yeah, I want to help and do this. Yeah. You yeah. still got to yeah. take that baby step, but is it's, it's a bit of a chicken egg because if you don't take that baby step and then you both realize okay the young person's just opened the door to you and, and you don't go the in
2: chance. Yeah. Then,
1: you, then you've not taken a the chance then they're like well yeah. now 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 you're out tonight so yeah. you're
0: out and that's it so yeah, um, yeah and this is so sort problem. of counterintuitive to <clears throat> to normal relationship building right so it's not something that you would um you would naturally behave that way necessarily unless you were very kind of aware of the the this as a, as a technique as an approach um it doesn't come naturally i think to just the way that we interact with one another right
1: that's it that's it and 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 it, you, you know like a lot of these young people have spent like i said the early part of, sort of their lives you know like verbally defending themselves um you know physically different in themselves sometimes from people that they trust so um they just haven't understood how the wider world actually works yeah. you know even like you yeah. know, the the little nuances of you can't just cuz you want to get your thing done you can't push in
2: yeah like right, have, like,
1: right i know you want to i know you want to go i want to go but we have to wait like, like yeah. that's just how it goes you know yeah. and then if you want something if you if you say please or, or thank you, that person's not going to take liberties with you because you did because you said that. It's okay to do that.
2: Yeah, and right.
1: is, oh, I don't want to do that because... Uh. And yeah. so they may feel like they will look small, but it's like, no, yeah. in the wider world, people yeah. actually really like that. And it's, that, and it's, right, and it's yeah, a good yeah. thing. And people and remember like, that and then... Yeah, not so. I'm just
0: saying, people remember that, and then when you come yes, back to the shop, that's right, exactly right. And that's that's you know, that's about building relationships. And most of us, of course, are fortunate that we spend our early years developing the skills for building relationships. Um, whereas some of these kids uh, the perhaps you're, you're talking about, um, they've had to spend their years developing um, defense mechanisms, right? Deve- developing a completely different set of interactions. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely, because. Um, the world that they that is thrust upon them is so it's a world right? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's hostile, and it's it's almost like a parallel world. You know, mm. like inside the home is something else; it's like right. you know, completely different planet. It's like Mars, and then outside, it's like Venus. So it's just like, well, where's Earth? Yeah,
0: you know, right. because
1: and then they're trying to navigate their way, and then you've got people like yourselves or or me and other professionals saying this is a uh, here. And they're like, no, it's not because-
2: Yeah, don't recognize it at all.
1: I, No, because I think I still have to operate yeah. outside as I do inside. Yeah, because right. my mum's treated me a certain way, my dad's treated me a certain way, or my uncle or whoever it is, maybe everyone, lots of people in the family have treated me in a way where I now understand that that's wrong. Yeah. So I have to then now treat the world the same way to make sure that I don't get hurt anymore. It can take a really, really long, long time.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. So I think that's why people that are involved in that line of work have to be really, really passionate about. Yeah. Right. Children. You know, you can't you can't just turn up to to that one and just collect no. money and go home. No. Because you're gonna be, because mm. you may not consider it, but your lack of interaction and your lack of care,
0: these kids are picking it up in like two or yes, three minutes right. to breath, yeah yeah you know so they know when and you're if anything interested. that's it and if anything they are while they might not have the skills to um to develop healthy relationships because they've never really you know had the chance to learn them they do tend to have they tend to be very receptive i think so the minute that you show them you're not interested or the minute that you show them um that you're not happy about something uh my my observation has been that you know these these kids have learned to pick up on that very very quickly and to shut down very very quickly right
1: absolutely i mean i went with, with a young person in a children's home for about two months and you know we kind of sort of got on straight away um because you know we shared you know we're both like video games and everything else so we were we, we kind of had that and um he was from a similar background like myself, like he's on his dad's side um so you know we kind of got on and you know i was able to extract little things from him little things and then i started to ask him just really sort of small probing questions and and he turned around to me and he smiled and he goes i'm not answering that and then he just walked away and but i thought okay we're starting to make a little bit of inroads where i can tell it's something difficult for you Mm -hmm. but at least you've Allowed me to open the door and hold it mm-hmm. open. Um, so, yeah, they are really receptive. And I think what they want is consistency. Yeah. Like, if you're going to be horrible, then just be consistently horrible. Right. At least they know right. where they stand. But if you're going to be right. nice, then be consistently nice. Right. But you make one slip up. If you're like one of the good guys,
2: you make yeah. one
0: slip up. Yeah. That's it. You know? you yeah, got to start so again. Yeah. So yeah, true. So is that something you're still doing now? Uh now that you've moved moved up to up north, are you still doing the same or uh is that, is that something you left? No,
1: it's something that I left. I, I was doing it recently up to like the last four months, so no more. So January, February I was doing okay. that. And then I went to the primary school recently. Yeah, right. Okay. And now excuse me, now in September I'm gonna be uh, going to another primary school. Okay um teaching Teaching assistant as well um there so i'm not doing that, but you know i have got two kids and there's sort over of teenage years So now i'm trying to yeah. i'm trying to mentor them, but i'm trying not to mentor them because they're my kids, so I have to be yeah. my approach has to be <laughs> different yeah and I yeah, have to yeah. and it, it's almost like you know you have to sort of back off a bit more and then let them develop and do that thing as opposed to um Sort of going into that space and then being in, in in that space, but still sort of having that backing up, but not too much. Where yeah. the young person thinks that they, they, they don't care, where when it's your own kids, they, when you've been a certain way, they kind of know, okay, yeah, my dad does like me.
2: And yeah, my right, does right,
1: right, right. So, so you can kind of do that, but then they will still want their own. They will still want their own space
0: anyway. So yeah, of course. So how do you reconcile that with the homeschooling? Then with the, you know, you're basically playing several roles, right? You're a parent, you're a mentor, you're also a teacher. Um, how do you reconcile that? How do you delineate between those roles that you play? That's a good
1: question. I think it's just
0: in in a sense of when it comes to the homeschooling. I mean, like the
1: kids have gone back to school now, and they have done for a few years, um, but I still sort of they still have that sort of mindset they still have that sort of philosophy because they know how how i feel about it so right. even today like we got we got a video game the other day um i don't know if i can say it but it's popular game on one yeah, of the popular can, yeah, platforms yeah. okay so we got ghost of tsushima
0: it's oh, yeah, a phenomenal okay.
1: samurai game and i haven't I've seen really videos like...
0: so far i haven't played it yet
1: oh yeah it's brilliant we've been playing it for since since it came out. So I really like Japan and all the culture and everything else, have done for years, love anime, all, all that sort of stuff. Mm. And my daughter really likes Japan as well. She was doing uh, Japanese. So today I said to her, right, uh, there's two videos I've seen on YouTube that talk about the Mongol invasion and actually the real ghost of Tsushima. So, so right. what I want you to do is, you know, watch those two videos and then take some notes about that and then write it up. Because mm-hmm. I know that that's what she likes. Right. She, I know that she'll be able to go on about that and just do that for ages. Yeah. Um, and then sort of separating that and then being a dad is the thing where I've got to recognize when it's going too far or when she's not giving herself enough of a break or yeah. she might need a little bit of a pep talk or she mm-hmm. might just need a little bit of an arm around the shoulder. Yeah. Um, so all of that kind of, it, it sort of meshes. You, sometimes you can put one hat on and sometimes you have to but it kind of just sort of
0: meshes and sort of flows in from, from yeah. one to the other so
2: yeah
0: yeah have you had any challenge on on the other side of that coin where your parental relationship's been in tension maybe you're angry maybe something's happened at home but then you've also got to oh well now i've got to step into the teaching role because it's teaching time of you or do you do you take a break from the teaching in that situation or, or what I,
1: I i don't know i i think I don't think as parents, you ever really do take a break from from teaching because I yeah, think you're, right, yeah, yeah. you're always like inadvertently teaching anyway. Yeah. But in a sense, if I get frustrated with something, then I'll just sort of step away from it. Um, and then I'll just leave it because then my own sort of personal frustrations will get in the way of the learning. And then mm-hmm. it'll be like, then the confused message will be, Well, my dad's upset. Is is he upset because I'm not doing the learning, or is he upset because I haven't cleaned my room? Like, what's the two? Exactly right. Yeah. So so I have to give it a bit of time to say, okay, you know. So you've done that, and now, and you also sort of have to sort of change, like your tone of voice. Yeah. Um. You know the expressions on your face, so that they know, okay, that thing's finished now. Mm -hmm. Now we're focusing on that. And again, it goes back to. You know, what we were talking about with with the young people of, you know, showing that interest, you know, I've got to be able to communicate that I am really interested in what you're doing. Yeah. And it's not about what
0: happened before, it's it's about what what we're doing now, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good. And did you have, um, when you were teaching your your own kids, um, did you have much of a were you part of a network or, or anything like that? Were you, were you just doing it on your own? Were you interacting with other homeschoolers? I was more doing it by myself.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, because there's such a wealth of information out there. And I was loosely right. sort of talking to some people on, on, online, more about just little bits of guidance and stuff like that. But I found out that the, the amount of information that, that's out there in the sense of, um, you know, like the usual suspects, you know, Khan Academy, IXL, yeah, right, YouTube. Right. I mean that's it really you know you could you could do anything for any amount of time just using those three platforms right yeah so from there you know you just sort of found that you can have the support in terms of if you get really stuck with something or if you're following an absolute curriculum and you really want to do it in that particular Mm -hmm. way but i was trying to do the sort of unschooling um and then do the homeschooling so as you probably know, like the unschooling is a thing where it's just like, you just take them out of that environment completely. Yeah. Work at your, work at your pace, work at your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't worry so much about the mechanisms, you know, the rules yeah. and 45 minutes. And, you know, now you've got to stop doing yeah, this of and, then, yeah. and yeah. do yeah. that. So yeah,
2: there
1: is, there is a ton of help out there, but I didn't really engage too much. And yeah. that's probably something that on reflection, I probably should have done, but I think, okay. You know, you're just kind of thinking like, am I doing it right? And yeah. You can get a bit belligerent and be like, well, I'm going to just do it my own way. <laughs> yeah, either.
0: of course. Yeah, yeah. What do they know anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when, you, when you started doing it, first of all, and you said you were kind of uh, in a bit of a, a bit of a kind of limbo situation with the move and stuff as well, right? So when you started the, the homeschooling or that, that unschooling model, what was one of the kind of the biggest question or the biggest kind of uncertain, uncertainty that you had when you got started, the thing that you were least sure about? i think just kind of
1: cuz you know there's still that part of you that thinks if they're not at school they're not progressing so that right. thing there was there like well you know if they're not spending you know an hour on maths a day yeah are they still going to be all right if they were to mm-hmm. go back to school like am i t- am i giving them the right uh, resources do they are they taking in enough content so you're always thinking am I doing enough or am I doing too
2: much?
1: And yeah, you know, But what I, what I didn't do too much of was, to my regret, was ask them
2: ah, on yeah, a consistent sure, basis.
1: Because yeah, yeah. You know, you're thinking, well, you know, because we're not at school, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got yeah, to do this right. maths, you've got to do that amount of English and that amount of science. And, and then after two years, I'm thinking didn't have to do any of that. Yeah. So the thing that was there was always like you know, are they going to fall behind? Are they going to be able to understand? You know, uh,
0: so are they going to be able to understand trigonometry? And, right, right. And did you? At what point did you get over that and 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 uh, kind of move on from that worry? Uh, did did anything? Was it a gradual process? Did anything happen that that kind of turned that around for you? I think I think just I think just seeing them
1: double down on stuff that they were really interested in. Yeah, right, right. You know, Which like, they don't get example, the chance to do in the school, right? No, they don't. They don't. And that's, and that's one of the things that I sort of want to be part of to sort of change is yeah. to give them that opportunity. But seeing, like, you know, my son, he likes maths and computers. So we were doing the, the Kano computer stuff. Okay. And um, they have, like, programs on there that you can do, in Minecraft games and everything else. So I said to myself, right, I'm going to just leave him now. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to say, this is what you're doing this morning, because I know you like doing that. And I, before I was doing, like, oh, okay, after an hour, we're going to change, we're going to do this. I thought, no, I'm going to just leave and let him do it. And no word of a lie, he was on that for about two, nearly three hours. Didn't yeah, stop. Sure, sure. You know, he didn't He didn't come out of the kitchen and ask. He didn't. I think he maybe just got some drink or something like that. And the same thing with 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 my daughter as well when she was doing she was doing japanese and she was like you know on the youtube videos um getting some books on the internet and getting the writing and again she was just on that for hours so i was just like well i don't really need to really right right. what to do they know Mm -hmm. what they're interested in and as long as they know that they can get the resources from me and from
2: mom
1: that's all i really need to do and obviously they have some questions that we can answer, but other than yeah. that, they were fine. So I think from from that point, when I saw that, I thought they're yeah, okay. Yeah, good.
0: Well, what, uh, how far apart are their ages?
1: So Ishmael's uh, 16 and Hannah's. Hold on, so I've got let let the chat out once. Oh, yeah, no, go ahead. So, he's gone now. so Ishmael's 16, Hannah's 13. So, yeah,
0: three so years. three years. So, did yeah, you, yeah. during those couple of years that you were. Homeschooling them, did they uh, learn together much? Did they do much where they collaborated or supported each other? Not really. Yeah, not really. They just sort of they liked their
1: things. Yeah. um So they they worked side by side. Right. I think more now since they've been at back at school, they've compared. Oh, well, this is what I do at my school. This is what I do at my okay. school.
2: Mm.
1: So in that sense, you know, they uh, they sort of share knowledge if you like. But when they were doing the home school, no, it wasn't.
0: It wasn't like that. No. Yeah, no, it's interesting because it, you know we want to in the in in the school environment, in the classroom. One of the things that I try to push, uh, something that I feel is lacking, is the collaboration amongst students. Um, but you know, you can get, and we'll talk about this anyway on on a on a number of other points. I think you know you can get kind of um, stuck on a track of of an ideology um because you know you think well i know what's better so for example you know i know collaboration is important um Mm -hmm. but even then when you know you're 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 heading towards something good heading towards something better um it's still important to remember that it might not be what the kids want all the time so as you know when when they're in a position where they're not at school they're not being you know forced into this rigid learning approach that that the teachers often are putting them in they're at home you, on the one hand, we might say, "Oh, it's the perfect opportunity for 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 collaborating." Putting them, but they might not want to, right? They might not no, like. Uh, they might no. not want it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's the thing, and 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 sometimes you know you see that thing of you know competition. Yeah, I mean that that just infuriates me because it's like there is competition in life, but life isn't competition. Right. And um, you know that's the thing that we don't sort of do. In that that environment where you've got that perfect opportunity every single day to get kids to just, you know, mix around, you know, and just, you know, you go and work with that lot and you go and work with that, you just mix because everyone's got a different perspective. Everyone's got a different idea, different experience. So if you share that experience, then everyone's going to benefit. But if you like, well, you know, table two versus table six. Right where does that come from? And then when table yeah. two did really good, table six feel terrible. But table six had a, a bunch of good ideas as well. But yeah. because they didn't get the amount of points, they think now that their ideas weren't valid.
2: Yeah.
1: Where yeah. outside of the school walls, uh, all ideas are valid only the ones that actually don't really work
0: or not sustainable right. or right. just not and that's it as well you know you talk about the points and, and and the the ideas that are that are valid or right but they're usually getting points based on what's in the back of the book right based on the answer key um, and again as you say you know in real life you don't check you don't check your answers against the book you check your answers against the the results right well did it work did it help did it benefit anybody in any way in which case it's valid it might not be the standard answer but it worked it might have worked better than the standard answer and this is often ignored in the classroom right
1: well that's the thing is well, you're right because you know if you don't take the standard approach then you're wrong
0: yeah exactly right there's only one answer and it's this one yeah
1: yeah and if someone comes and says well because my daughter had the same thing she said um she was in history class and the teacher was mentioning some date and in her head, she was just like, that's wrong. Because, yeah. she, because she really likes history. So she was watching, I think, Horrible Histories. Right. And I was a bit yeah. skeptical about Horrible Histories. I was just like, oh, no. Just, it must be some dodgy stuff. So she's like, no, everything in there is factually right. accurate. And that's she's like, I saw Horrible Histories. Like, he, like, he had the dates wrong. And I said, so why didn't you tell him? And there's obviously that apprehension of, well, you don't yeah. want to be disrespectful to, to the teacher. Yeah. And you don't want to embarrass the teacher in front of the class. And then, if the teacher thinks, well, she might be right. Are they going to give up that? Right. Just for that? Well, actually, you're right, Hannah.
0: Yeah. It's a it's
1: a massive problem
0: here in Indonesia where where I teach, um, because it's a culture of um, deference, right? It's a culture of seniority, and so any you know any any time you're in a position where there's either a an enforced hierarchy like student teacher or just a social hierarchy, like, you know, children, adults. So in the classroom, you've got both of those at play. Um, it's yeah. very, very difficult for a student to question a teacher. Um, and, you know, then I, I have on numerous occasions observed teachers misteach something, or I've walked into a classroom um, at the end of somebody else's lesson, I see something on the board that's wrong, you know. Um, and the, te- the students will never question the teacher. And sometimes they'll come to me, in another period, you know, they'll come to me in the next lesson and say, oh, in, in our last lesson, uh, the teacher said this and I don't think it was right. And they'll ask me and I say, no, you're right. That was not right. Uh, did you say anything? Oh, no, I couldn't say anything because uh, it's just the, the culture won't allow for it. And that's such a such a problem. Uh, but, you know, I think of that as being a very cultural thing here. You know, Indonesia and Southeast Asia in general, that's heavily a part of the culture. But of course, it's true in, in English classrooms as well. Right. It's true around the world in a lot of places. Right.
1: It is because the thing is, it, even if it's not on a cultural level, it's a system level. Right. So you know, if a child says, "I'm not taking that information from you," you get sent out of the class. Yeah. You, you, you know, you just like no, but but sir, that's wrong. And then if you were to you know have the uh, bravado to go up onto the class into the class up to the blackboard, or black- that shows my age. I'm saying blackboard. <laughs> if You go up to 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 the whiteboard. And then, you know, write the equation out and write a different equation. And then, and everyone in the class is there looking and thinking, that's actually right. Then the teacher's authority can go out the window. Yeah. However, yes. if there's a culture of critical learning, critical right. thinking, right. it's okay for you to question me. But I, through my experience and my dedication, I've, I've given more to this craft than you. Like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a math specialist, like that's my thing. But yeah. I'm a human being, so that means right. I can get stuff wrong. Yeah,
2: exactly and if right. the
1: book says something, and if you're telling me it's wrong, I have to accept that because you could be right. Yeah. Because the person who put the information in the book could have got it wrong as well. Yeah. So that's that thing of like, well, it's in the book. Well, okay, well, what is that? So yeah. does that mean that, that, that that's the only way
0: to get to that number? Exactly no, right.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, another thing in... as well,
0: sorry, yeah, another thing as well, you know, you, met, you talked about competition, and I think there's a parallel here as well. You talked about how uh, the way that we use or approach competition in the classroom doesn't really reflect the, the outside world or, or certainly not what we would perhaps be aiming for. Um, there's another, there's a parallel to that with this as well, because um, often teachers are very reluctant to admit that they don't know something. Um, and if they do, as you say, they might be undermining their authority or they might be, uh, undermining their expertise, uh, their, um, you know, their, their, their experience in some way, but all they're really doing, because the students know, right? The students are all sitting there saying, I think she's wrong. I think she's wrong. I think he's wrong. They're just not saying it aloud or or if they do, they'll end up in trouble. But at the end of the day, that it's the thing has happened the teacher has said the thing and the students have heard the thing so they go home knowing that the thing was wrong but they not only do they go home so so if it damages the trust if it undermines the expertise in any way which it doesn't have to but if it does it's happening anyway whether the teacher accepts it or not it's going to happen but the other thing that it models to the students is it, it it teaches the students that they should have that attitude, right? Because all they're going to do is copy the teacher. So they will learn, oh, it seems like saying I don't know is a bad thing. It seems like yeah. admitting I'm wrong is a bad thing because the teacher doesn't want
1: to do it. So it must be a bad thing. That's it. And, and, and that goes down to even, you know, myself as a parent, I had to learn and had to accept that I don't have all the answers. Right. And even now, you know, like my kids will be like, well, what is that? And I'm like, I don't know. Oh, and like, well, what, what do you mean? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I haven't got all the answers, especially you know, like when they're when they're young, and then every question they ask, you generally answer. So they grow up thinking, well, my parents. Yeah. Go. Yeah. And now you're telling me you don't know, and I'm like, well, I don't. I mean, I said, but if I can go and find out for you, right? And then the next day I'll come back and say, well, remember we were talking about that thing? Here it is. Yeah. And I think that's that thing that I don't know everything, but I. I think that if we could have that in schools and that relationship with the student teacher, I think you'd kind of get more done. And I'm not talking about an academic level. No, no, no. Like a kind of community level within the school. Like you'd get more done because the, the kids would be more like, okay, cool. Well, we can now go home and find something, maybe bring something in. Right. And be like, look at this. And teacher will be like, oh, I've never seen that
0: resource before. Right, exactly right. So there's, now there's a whole new learning opportunity, right? Yeah, exactly yeah, right. Absolutely. Often when, when students ask a question that's either um, not 100% in line with the objective for the day, for example, or they ask a question that the teacher can't answer, uh, often the question is shut down. Right. So don't ask that now. Now's not the right time. Stay on track. Yes. Focus. Something that shuts yes. it down. And and it's just shutting down a, a, a whole learning experience. Because you could introduce something that then the teacher and the students all get to learn something new together. And everybody's progressed. Everybody's benefited from that. But so often these opportunities are just shut down completely. Um and and, and in some cases even uh punished, you know, reprimanded for it.
1: Yeah, because um, you know. I have like a tremendous amount of respect for teachers, you know, at all levels, because, you know, a lot of them have spent, you know, four, five, six years, whatever it is, you know, getting from,
2: right,
1: being a teacher to being a teacher, and yeah, you know, right. they take, you know, great amount of their own personal time after school, before school, during mm-hmm. the holidays, mm-hmm. prepping, marking, and everything else, and on top of that, they haven't got the actual time. Right. like the physical minutes and seconds to deviate right. and indulge that question and go down that path. Right. Some of them might want, really want to because I remember um, when my son started secondary school after we did the home ed, and uh, he, was, he really loves French. Okay. So during the time we was at home, he was watching videos and, you know, doing games or whatever it was, just listening to stuff. And then he went to school, I think first or second parents even, his French teacher was like, oh, he's not really doing good at French. And we were completely gobsmacked. It's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, no, he's not. And then uh, we asked him, and, well, we asked the teacher and we said, okay. So obviously we know it's textbook, do this, do this, so, so on. So that didn't fit his learning style. No problem. Yeah. I said, but do you not have the opportunity to teach them about the little intricacies, you know, the little invisible stuff that you don't really see in language and the teacher was like, no, I actually don't have the time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't like, I don't have the time. Like, I don't want to do it. Like I want to do that. She actually said to me, I I would love to be able to do that, but I don't have the time to do it. So there's that thing again, where it comes up of, well, if a child's really good at something, really interested in something, why don't we give them the time to do that? And then yeah. you're going to have kids that really love English and they're going to be doing that for hours, and numbers, and they do that for hours and so on. Some kids love art. Like I was never a good at drawing until I got to when I was 16. But I yeah. was just after practice, practice, practice. But in the early days, you know, you had kids that were just banged. Just, as soon as they got to art, doing yeah. sculptures and paintings, you're just like, whoa, how are you doing that? But you can imagine that if they were doing that from nine o'clock up until yeah, one. Yeah, right, of
0: course, yeah.
1: For, like, for a year.
0: Yeah.
1: How much more they would progress? Like, how much yeah. sooner would that curve go? And obviously, they're going to still have the ups and downs. It's not going to be a yeah. smooth roll. But yeah. the learning, that feedback loop is just going to just increase because they're going to be like, yeah. oh, okay, now I know what to do. Okay, so I'll spend the first three hours doing that. That was wrong. Next right. three hours, I can correct it. They don't have to wait right. for the next week. So... Teachers don't have that physical time yeah. on the
2: clock to,
0: you know, yeah. To no, I that. think you're right. A lot of this, and uh, a lot, uh, and it essentially uh, relates to one of the conversations I've just recorded with, uh, with Emma as well. Um, <clears throat> similar topic came up. You know, a lot of the time it is the system, it's not the teachers necessarily. Um, you know, it's the system that's limiting, and, and often the teachers are so overworked and burned out with things that don't really benefit the students, things that are more administrative, things that are more related to the, the system and the running of the, the school and, and things that don't really enter into the academic side of the teaching, um, but the, it, it limits what they can then achieve with the teaching. Um, and, and because of that, uh, like with your point about art, but across all the subjects really, um, it's a system that's kind of oriented towards mediocrity. It doesn't allow the excellent students to excel it also yeah. doesn't do enough in many cases to help out the students who are struggling the most and who need more uh, support just to get up to, you know, kind of passable levels of yeah. ability in certain subjects. Yeah. Um, it just kind of, if you're in the middle, it keeps you on track. If you're above yeah. that, you're kind of, you know, neglected. And if you're below that, you're, you're you're losing out as well. And it's just kind of oriented to everybody coming out at the end Know, average and mediocre and, and and that's sort of the the outcome
1: well, that's the truth, you know I mean you know you were, you've just said you know what I've been thinking and, and saying for a little while is that if for example, you know my a lot of my analogies always go back to sport because that's the easiest thing for me to sort of make the reference to so, for example, like Michael Jordan, for example, widely recognised recognize best basketball player, maybe best sportsman, Roger Federer. Cristiano Ronaldo, and so on. Those guys, and Serena Williams, and Martin Navratilova, and so on, those people are known for one thing, for one sport, being excellent at that sport. If any one of those guys would have said, okay, I really do like tennis, and I'm pretty good at it, I'm pretty good at it, it, but I'm also gonna play some football. Actually, I'm gonna do a bit of table tennis as well. I'm gonna do some archery. Yeah. And then they did that for five,
0: six years.
2: Yeah.
0: We
1: would never know
0: about it. That's
2: right. Was,
1: was it Was it Michael he,
0: Jordan who went to play basketball for a couple of years, uh, baseball for a couple of years? Baseball. He went to baseball, play baseball. Right.
1: Yeah. Because I think his first love was actually baseball. Oh, okay. But he kind of sort of. got, I think he even got not pushed into, it, but he sort of went towards basketball. Right,
2: okay.
1: A lot of kids, you know, can do sort of two sports and then they choose one. Right. But Know, if they didn't choose to say, okay, this is, this, I just want to be the best at that, or I want to be really good at that, and I'm not going to do anything else, we wouldn't know about them. So yeah, the argument's there, of, you know, and it, it even goes back to, you know, when we're talking about skill shortages, there was that thing a few years ago, we don't have any plumbers and paint and decorators or wh- yeah, whatever right. it is. And, well, if, if, if you find a young person that really likes doing the plumbing, then just let him do that if yeah. he knows if he's got a rough idea like yeah this is really interesting or engineering then just just put them on, on that avenue yeah they're yeah to get there they're, they're going to be the best like for example like Adrian Newey the um I think is he like the chief designer at Red Bull or something like with a Formula okay. one or something okay but he's like you know like a legend in in that circle but he's not known for anything else yeah he's right he's not known for being excellent at anything else so excellence is
0: singular it's not yeah i think yeah, yeah that's it yeah yeah you can be kind of average at a lot of things um yeah. or you can yeah you can really focus on one thing and people aren't given that chance as you say and often it's not even recognized right it's not it, it, in a lot of cases i think um and perhaps we'll never know you know perhaps the, perhaps we just cannot know how true this is but i suspect there are a lot of cases where somebody could be excellent but it's just never even caught and they're they're yeah. either flattened out across the subject or they're pointed in a different direction and we'll never know how many, you know, potential Michael Jordans there might have been, who just didn't get the chance to, to find out their, their excellence, you know?
1: Cause that's, cause that's like my thing. Cause I'd take, cause when I read, um, Dumbing Us Down. Yeah. And, you know, John was saying that genius is really common. And I, and, I, and I thought about it because I was sort of brought into the thing of, you know, oh, yeah, child genius. Every sort of five years or so, there's a child right. genius that's applied at uni and he's just killing it at uni. Yeah, right, he's, just, right. he's crushing it. And I'm thinking, like, no, like, there's more out there Like, if you give a child that opportunity, they're going to unlock what, what they're going to un- unlock. And invariably, yeah. you're going to get a good handful that are pretty phenomenal at certain things like it's yeah. just it's, it's just the norm like you said but if you're not given that time and if you're not given that opportunity if you've got all these obstacles in front of you like you yeah. know you've got a you've got to do this test this week and you've got to do those sacks and you've got to do that GCSE and you've got to do you're like mate like I just want to I just want to draw
2: yeah
1: I just want to like the guy what's his name um Stephen um that young chap, well, he's not a young chap now, but he's an autistic guy, Stephen something. And he had like a brilliant photographic memory. Yeah,
0: he drew the he cityscapes, at, yeah.
1: Yeah, that guy. So I'm like, well, he's a genius. Yeah. But he's not known for doing anything else apart from it's having funny at something once and doing that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's funny how you use the word genius as well, right? Because if we look back over history... There are a lot of people who we'd point, back, we'd, we'd point at um, and call genius. So there might be musicians, there be artists, you know. Uh, we talk about someone like, um, I don't know, Mozart as a genius. Uh, we yeah. talk about, um, I don't know, Da Vinci as a genius. Uh, very Michelangelo as a genius, you know. These are from all sorts of different areas, music, art. Design um, and obviously uh, Einstein is the kind of you know the, the icon for genius uh, they're not all they're not all mathematicians and, and physicists though you know they're artists but when we think about the school situation and we talk about genius it's almost only ever thought of you know it's either there's the kids who's who's smart at maths or science they're the genius and then anybody else is you know they're falling behind or but when we yeah. look at history when we look at the people who have actually impacted on and influenced the world and influenced history um the people we think of as geniuses are not just in those academic subjects right but it seems like at school we forget that well that's the thing because i think there's that thing from a
1: parenting point of view where you want the best for your child. So you take the idea that the subjects that are, you know, like the premium subjects matching through science, if my son or daughter is really, really good at that, that's an excellent thing. And if they're good at art and uh, cooking, um, uh, not really, up until they start bringing some money,
2: Right. If yeah. They start suppose, bringing
0: some money into their painting or their yeah, food. Then exactly right. Yeah. Can... I suppose there's there's a there's almost a reasonable fear. I can understand the worry. Like if you look at sport, for example, Um if you you know you we've mentioned Michael Jordan and and people like that. Obviously, there is a limited kind of space right for, for yeah. sports genius because yeah. there's there's x number of teams and there's x number of people there's, there's i don't know 12 people on a team and there's a couple of dozen teams in the country or something like that so it's a pretty limited scope for for sports genius perhaps um, And so maybe the fear is just well even if they are great the chances are so slim of getting into that spot but it just seems like um i don't know to be limiting that on the fear that well they might be brilliant but there there might just be too many people it's uh, it seems like it's maybe a rational kind of concern um but it's just limiting and, and it's always kind of just shutting shutting down excellence rather than excel- uh, 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 developing it right
1: yeah because you know i understand that fear you know because as a parent you always want the best for your kids you know like you want them to be safe. You, want, you don't want them to sort of struggle financially. You want them to have a roof over their head. You want them to be able to you know, buy their food, get their petrol everything. You want them to, to be able to do that. Right. So you know that for them to just get a normal job, they need to be able to read, write, and yeah, do some right. basic equations. Yeah. But maybe your son doesn't want to be an accountant. Maybe they don't want to be a lawyer. Maybe they don't, they don't yeah. want to be a doctor. Maybe they don't want to... Uh, be a CEO or maybe they don't want to be a civil servant if they're really good because that's the thing of uh, you can in a sense of time because that's that thing where well they've got to go to school from you know five yeah. up until you know 11 and then from 11 to 16 and that's our window that's not your window like no, that's part it. of the window like exactly that, right. that's part of the journey so if a child learns to read at age two and another child reads at age five, and then they both get to 16.
2: You're
1: yeah, never by going to time, know yeah. who... By the time
0: they're 20, they're 30,
1: exactly right, exactly right. Yeah. You won't know. So in the thing of, okay, we understand what, what, what the marketplace needs. Yeah. The marketplace is always going to need drivers, always going to need teachers, always right, going to need right. people to do certain jobs. And I'm not saying that that's what you should want for your children, or, you know, menial jobs, if, if if that's what you want to call them. But if your son or daughter has an interest, I think it behooves you to at least explore that Yeah. realistically.
0: And just yeah. to see then, how far it can go. That's right. See how far it can go. And the flip side as well of, you know, like I just said, well, we might worry because if I put all of this time and effort into this one skill, this one area that they're interested in, but, you know, the chance of, of getting picked for the team is so slim that maybe it's you know maybe it's not worth putting. But of course, the only way they're going to get picked for the team is if you put the time and the effort in, right? If you if you right. kind of hold them back, if you do it halfway, then they're never going to get there, right? You you've got to commit. Committing is the only way to get to that to that level.
1: Exactly, and then from there, the child will then pick up. Well, I don't really need to put any effort into anything, or maybe I, maybe I shouldn't because. And then that fear then transcends onto them, and then they're like, well, I don't I'm not really going to. Goal because i don't really want to lose or i don't want to get picked but rejection is part of life like not yeah. every job that i've applied for that i've wanted that i've got
2: yeah of course. so yeah.
1: if you learn that and understand that from a younger age you're going to be you're going to be building your resiliency
2: yeah a lot yeah.
1: more than someone who's just had everything just given to them and you know well you know we, we're not gonna go tennis four days a week we're gonna go once a week because, you know, if you see that you're really good and the coach sees that you're really good, he can be like, okay, come to this tournament. You go mm. to these tournaments and everything else and then you don't quite make it. And like you said, you're thinking about, well, all this time, all these years, all this money I've spent, we could have been doing something else. Yeah. But either way, you're never really going to know. So you might as well just go down one of the roads yeah, and see what that's happens. it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So you mentioned a few different um kind of observation uh points as we've gone along. You talked about um the homeschooling with your own kids you obviously talked about um the the youth work that you've done with those kind of at-risk or or underprivileged kids you talked about some of the books you read particularly uh john taylor and uh the time that you spent in in primary schools as well Um, and all of these i think seem to have contributed to the Kind of the view that you that you have now. Which were which would have come first? At what point did you start to question the system? When did you start to see some of these flaws that you're now uh, concerned with? When
1: when when my friend first introduced me to uh, John Taylor Gatto, yeah, and you know, for example, like when you get something, and it takes you about six months to actually absorb it, because it was that just like. What do you mean? They can stay at home and still learn.
2: they
0: yeah. don't
1: have to go to school. Yeah, and there is another possibility. The other, there is another way. Like, and yeah. I was just, I, I was just the thing of like, no, oh, you're gonna go to school, and you're gonna do your SATs, and you're gonna go right. to secondary and do GCSEs, because I didn't get any GCSEs, so you're gonna do better than me, and you're gonna, you're gonna be the guy. Right. And
2: then
1: when that door opened, and then, and then I, I read that um, dumbing us down. And it was uh, the seven lesson school teacher. Yeah. Um and that just that just blew me away because when I read what he'd written, I was like, I went through that at school. Yeah. Yeah. And I was it it like my mouth was literally on the floor. It's like, I can't let my kids go through that. I can't do that. Because I understand. Where there are some teachers that are complicit to it and are happy, they mm-hmm. they understand what the system does and yeah. they've got no problem implementing that. But then there are others yeah. that are like, "I can't do this to kids." And as yeah. a parent, I was like, "I can't do this to them."
2: Yeah.
1: Now you say yeah, but you know you send your kids back to school and everything else. I said yeah, they wanted to go back to school, but now their perspective of it is completely different.
0: Of course, yeah, they're going to they approach the whole know, thing differently, right? Yeah,
1: they now know from their own experience. That there is a wealth of information out there, yeah. and if I don't agree with what I get in school, I now can get go somewhere else and get. it. That's it. Yeah, have to wait for the meeting. yeah.
2: so and that's I one of the things was, that
1: I think. It, yeah, go on, go on, go on. No, sorry, I was going to say I, I think. Well, not think, but it was definitely when I was introduced to John Taylor Gatto yeah, and okay. John Holt and uh, Peter Gray and Ken Robinson as well.
0: When I yeah, when I saw that TED kind of yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was just like wow. Have you read any of Alfie Alfie Khan? No, no, I haven't. I haven't put him on the list now. as well. Be, I think you'll uh, find it quite similar, quite quite appealing. Yeah. So then, yeah. after having read that and been kind of in, uh, introduced to these kind of different ways of thinking, what were some of the things that you noticed during your time as a teaching assistant? What were some of the things that you saw in the real classroom that kind of resonated with what you'd been reading?
1: The rigidity, the rigid, rigid rigidness. And the inflexible attitude of some teachers in the sense right. of we have to do it this way, we have to learn like that. For example, yeah. I was with a young young chap who really liked geography. I said, Oh, you know, what's what's the thing that you really like doing? Like what what, what could you do all day, every day? He said geography. I said, oh, I said, oh. So we went on to uh, YouTube, um, National Geographic Kids and everything else, and went on the internet. And he was like, Yeah, we were like, Yeah, look at this. All these short videos, and then we did the stuff on the countries, everything else. And then the teacher came over and was just like, okay, she brought a book. She's like, you know, find out the uh, countries in Europe or wherever it is, write them down and then tell them back to me. I'm like, Right, so you've got a resource there yeah. that is 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 doing what you need, meaning geography in general. But it's helping him because it's like I don't really like books. No problem. There's stuff on online. It's still got the words. Mm -hmm. Is now we've got some cartoons and we've got some short videos about cheaters. about their life. Right, right. I think he's gonna learn more in five minutes just watching that lot and interacting with that lot than he is with the book. Yeah. And it's thing of well, you know, we've got a job to do, so we have to do. Well, yeah, okay, even if you do have to do that, what about saying, okay, look, if you really like geography, check out these websites.
2: Right, yeah, just making them aware, right? Yeah.
1: When you go home, if that's what you're gonna do. And just that thing of, you know, we have to do this and you have to sit there. And there's the other thing of like um, lying by omission in the sense of you walk into a classroom and there'll be like, there was this history thing on the wall um, and it said about the British Empire and had all the great things that the British Empire did. And it's just okay. missed out huge swathes of other relevant history. Yeah, right. And I'm like, well, if a child comes in every day and looks at that and they look at it and then read it and then understand it and then they move on. Every time they come in and look at it, they think that, that that's the truth because it's in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I noticed as well was, one, was, was the first lesson in um, Ghetto's book, which was confusion. And that's what teachers and schools teach is confusion. So you're walking to a you know, normal primary school classroom and on one wall you've got English and on the other wall you've got maths stuff and on that wall you've got geography and then there you've got computers. So go down. Okay, well, what am I doing today? What we're yeah. we doing in okay, so we've done a bit there. So you know, if you had like a dedicated room, yeah, that was just computer science. Yeah, it was just the kids would know they know why they're there. Yeah, when they're walking right. into the north, into the classroom, it's like, well, we're here, and yeah. it's like it's just
0: raining down on them. Exactly yeah. right, it just washes over them. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I've noticed that here. Um, I was fortunate the school that I went to in the UK did have that and I think, uh, I think I just sort of assumed that that was the way UK schools were and more and more now I find out that it's the, that it's like you've described, which is how it is here in Indonesia as well. The students have their kind of their grade room, their classroom, and the teachers just come in and teach a subject and then the next teacher comes in. Uh, where when I was at school, fortunately, I had that. It was the the, the, the teachers were situated in their subject rooms and it was the students we moved around and so we'd go to the English room for English and the maths room for maths and I think that was so much better um, yeah. and I, I think that, that for all the reasons you've just said I think it's such a valuable uh, way of doing things and I must admit I wouldn't necessarily want to be the person who has to uh, do the arranging and I think that that's the only reason uh, you know it's, it's a scheduling problem I think but it's certainly possible and it's so much more valuable um, but I think again this is what you said about that, that that kid who liked the geography and the, the teacher's insistence on the textbook as well. And this is another example. So much of what is um, <clears throat> emblematic of traditional school systems and traditional approaches to education, you know, it's very old. And the reality is, I mean, even now we still, there's a lot we don't know about how learning works and about the brain, uh, but we know a lot more than we used to. And the fact is a lot of these kind of traditional approaches, are antithetical to to how learning works they ignore the way that learning works and they ignore the way that the children or the students approach learning um and uh they they just kind of going down this track despite the fact that we now tend to know better um about how learning works and some of the approaches um uh, it's kind of very troubling that this is still the case. I think there are a lot of teachers as individuals, and you've said this as well, teachers as individuals, I think there are a lot that are, that are trying to do something different, um, that that recognize this as a problem. But it's definitely a, a system that restricts that flexibility in the teachers, right? That keeps the teachers on track. Um, and often doing, you know, doing things that they don't really want to be doing. They know that they shouldn't be doing, but they feel like they don't have much of a choice yeah because that's the thing you know like I've come across
1: a good handful of teachers that are like we have to teach to the test. Yeah. like there is nothing else we can like we literally when I go back to about the, the time that they got on the clock, they like, said, we actually don't have the time to do anything else apart from teach them to the test. And you know you can see like you know because I, I spoke to one teacher and I said, would you not like would you not want to just teach history like all day? She was like, Yeah, I'd love to do that. Love to, because, you know, that's what she went to, use. you know, she right. did her thing in history. So, history is her bag. And she's like, I'd love to do that, but I've got to do this, I've got to do that, and I've got to teach the test and everything else. And then, even on a history level, like, I mean, when I was at school, we were doing Tudors and um, what are they called? Victorians and all that, yeah. and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And I'm going back in the 80s, so we're going back a fair while. And the kids are still doing that now. Now, I'm yeah. not saying that on a historical level that it's not important to know about Henry VIII. And all. It, it's important because you're here. You're in the it's UK. an identity thing, I think, it, as it's, much it's, as anything, right? Exactly. But there's other history in different yeah. parts of the world yeah. that either directly or indirectly impacts what happens in this country yeah. or what has Absolutely. happened. Absolutely. And yeah. I'm not talking about all the bad stuff and the slavery and everything else. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just saying there's other things. There's other stuff that's happened. Yeah. There's other really bad people out there that have done really horrible. It's not just Stalin. It's yeah. not just Hitler. There's lots of other people out there yeah. You know that have done some horrible, horrible, horrible things to their own people and you're not covering it. So yeah. I think on that side, there's a huge opportunity
0: just missed it yeah yeah i mean and and obviously you can't teach everything um so you know i mean history is a particularly uh valid subject for for this for this point i think because i mean how far back does it go right we've got we've got centuries we've got millennia you can't teach it all but what you can do i think is teach a Particular kind of perspective, and what we tend to get in schools from, from especially from history as, as a subject, is a very cultivated perspective that says this is the way we want you to think about history. So if you're a yeah. kid growing up in England, um, you know this is the way that we want you to think about history, and it's usually going to involve a perspective that you know the empire was great, and 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 you know. England is this and Britain is this and the rest of the world is that and um, I think most countries have some kind of an approach like that and obviously history is always going to focus locally to some degree because it is about identity but I think it's the perspective that's um, that's lacking and what we what I would you know what I think we would want is a broader perspective that just says you know it's a complex world and, and and history has been sometimes good and sometimes not so good and you know there are countries have risen and fallen and empires have come and gone um and uh you know the only thing that we know about anything from history is that everything's always changing and and, and you know there are good times and bad times but this isn't really everything history tends to be taught as a narrative like like it's literature class, right? In literature, we learn that stories have a beginning, and a middle, and an end, right? And, and there's a kind of there's a, a direction to a story, and it feels like a lot of the time history is taught that way. But of course, that's just not how history really works, right? It's it's no, uh, because, it's a mess.
1: Well, the thing is, because history invariably continues, right? So it'll be it'll be going it'll be happens, going on long after we're gone. Yeah. So stuff that happened with the Mongols all those times before, there's a link somewhere. Yeah. up to today right exactly. whether it's like you know a civilization that's you know really small or an area like there's a link there so you can't just be like well that happened then and that and, and that's it it's like for example um when we talk about black history and um what's it called Um uh, black history month i mean that's a joke i mean right. how can you how can you squash everything down to a
0: month and then you keep doing it every year the same, well, the same month, right? Every year, a, the same month the every same year. One, what, the same five black people that we're kind same, of like? Do you know what
1: I mean? There's the same, yeah. same people. Like, really? Yeah. So then, that's, so then that's a narrative, isn't it? Saying that well, it's important, but it's not really important. Yeah, it's important then, for it's one this, month of the year. <laughs> for, for one month, and then you know we're going to cook. No, like because there's because there's Indian history. There's right. Chinese well, history. Yeah. There's 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 been uh, Native American history. Right, right. Like, why are we not going into that? And it's like, like, you're not going to get a rebellion.
2: You're not going to get millions of kids. Right, right. They're going to just
1: rebel and be like, that's not going to happen. But you're going to get kids that are going to wake up really quickly and be like, all right, we can't take everything that we're fed now. Now we're thinking critically.
0: Yeah, I think as well. I mean, we talked about excellence before um and and how school is kind of a pipeline for for mediocrity um this idea you've mentioned black history month there as well and there's a couple of things i I might want to ask about that but one thing that that immediately brings to my mind is um it's not really giving a model of excellence for the black population right because just like it's it's not really giving a perspective that if you're black you can excel because it's kind of saying if you're black you're in this little kind of box that we we open up once a year and then we and that's kind of where you belong right i mean as you you can have a perspective on this now and say the things that you've just said but as a kid in school uh how did this uh, what was it like for you being a being a you know a black kid were you in a were you in a white population when you were at school or what i mean when i
1: went to school uh we started in, in 86 finished in 91 and uh, so Black History Month wasn't even a thing back then. Right, sure. Um, that was just, you know, it was just World War I, World War II, Stalin, yeah. Hitler. Um, and that was it, just rinse and repeat. Yeah. So, but what we were, because I grew up in, in Battersea, in Southwest London.
2: Okay,
1: yep. So a really culturally diverse area, um, yeah. you know, and all sorts, you know, you've got rich people on one side of the street, poor people <laughs> on the other, so it's just a complete mix. So then the school that I went to was reflected that as well. Um, But what I was fortunate was, was in in our class, It's probably about 50-50, so 50% black guys, and it was an all-boys school as well. Right, okay. So when we got to about, about 1989, so we were about 14 or so, 13, 14, and we just started to wake up, like all the black kids, and then we just started to think, hold on a minute, this isn't right. Like, why are we still doing this? Yeah. And then there was I wouldn't say like a rebellion, but we just weren't having that narrative anymore. Just an awakening, right? And just an awakening and we would start questioning teachers and this that the other and obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but you know, if we could have articulated our points better, we may have got something. I don't know, maybe, maybe not, who knows? But in a sense where we were able to educate each other. And then signpost each other to okay, go and look at that thing, go and check out that thing, and even just that togetherness. You know, we learned that kind of bonding. And then what happened there was that that then transcended to the to 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 the other guys in the class as well. Right. So it wasn't okay. just like us and them; it was like all of us yeah, because agree, yeah. they sensed that our narrative wasn't being spoken about. Right. And then we were being shut down with certain things and everything else. And I'm not saying that we were all angels, like far from it. Yeah, cool. But, you know, our class then turned into just this, I don't know, just this mass of, you know, upright kids, you know, really wanting to sort of speak out on things that yeah, okay. we knew were wrong. And teachers were wary of us because they knew that if we didn't, if if you were sort of, you know, not, really doing what you're meant to be doing we will we would have you up in the class
2: yeah and we wouldn't be yeah. kicking
1: off and throwing stuff around but we would just we would just shut you down intellectually right. and i was really fortunate to be to be part of that right. um so in in the sense of you know black history month i think if black history month was around when we were there by the time we reached year nine we would have shut it down
0: yeah much quicker we, would have said,
1: we ain't doing this i I know that for a fact like we would have just said we're not doing this we want
0: black history throughout the whole year right yeah
2: yeah you'd you'd almost think
0: you'd almost think that for them for in any other of the events that just the black people didn't exist right (laughs) there's this there's this story and there's that story and then there are some things that involve black people as if The black community the black population was just completely absent it's not just that they're not celebrated as being leaders or being great it's a complete absence right well the thing is exactly because i think if you think about it if you
1: if you show 13 14 year old boys and girls of you know historical black leaders you know that were wealthy that ran Mm. countries that run armies that were successful in their campaigns and everything else. And you, and you did that. You continue every year for five years.
2: Then logic whole perspective would be shifted, right? Yeah. It's going to shift. Yeah. It's going to completely shift. So
0: yeah. Yeah. No, it's absolutely right. Uh, yeah. I, another thing that I wonder as well, whether when you were at school, or maybe some of the schools you, you've worked in, or the schools your kids are at as well, um, have you have you did you have many black teachers? Because this question came um, up recently, and um, some you know somebody asked, oh, how many how many teachers of colour did you have? And I thought back, and uh, I'm from the Midlands, you know, in in the UK, and uh, it's a bit of a mix. There's there's some areas that are quite diverse, and there's some areas that are not. And I was from Uh, not a particularly diverse area but not far away from a very you know much more diverse kind of cities um Mm -hmm. but yeah when i look back at school um there wouldn't have been many black kids in the class anyway Mm -hmm. but no teachers and i don't think in you know in my entire school career i don't think i had one i didn't have one and i'm going back
1: in every i'm going back from primary school secondary, college. I did a little bit of uni, not one black. I had probably one uh teacher. I think he was from India. He was a maths teacher and he really tried with me and I didn't really... I don't want to say that I, I didn't get maths because I did, but I just weren't able to practice it enough. But I didn't... There was no black teachers there.
2: Yeah.
1: And um somebody put... I think it was um, Sarah... Someone put a post on LinkedIn today talking, of, talking about you know racism in the classroom, and I and I experienced it firsthand, and it was cl- it was completely clandestine, but you uh, but that's... you just had that feeling, and I think that if we did have a black teacher or if there were some around, then I think it would have had an impact. Who knows? I don't know. But even at, at, at my son's school, you know, we're in Naneton. Uh, and there's no black teachers in, 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 in the right. school. Yeah, there, and yeah. sometimes you get the ones where you get the sense that they mean well, but they're pushing you as a young black person. And you're like, okay, I get why you're doing it, but you need to just ease back a little bit. So you can still push me because yeah. you we all understand, but just you know just kind of just take take your time. I'm going to be here for five years.
2: Yeah,
0: you yeah, don't have to yeah.
1: just keep... You know, so there's that kind of thing to it, but no, no black. Kids and your your own
0: kids now? You said thirteen and sixteen before. Did you say?
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what?
0: How, how, how aware are they of their, you know, their place in this? Do, uh, do they speak to you about it? Are they aware of it, or are they, you know, does it? Come they're one hundred
2: percent aware. Yeah, yeah they're right, one hundred. So. I
1: I had to tell, because where we are in the school that Ishmael goes or went to, um, is probably like ninety seven percent white. Okay. And I said to him, I said, look, you need to understand that when you go, you're going to experience some racism from teachers and, and students. It's, it's not going to be in your face with, with the students, maybe, but with the teachers, it's not going to be in your face. Sure. You're never going to get called a name or, but you're going to be able to, you'll know. And I think probably when he was in year 11, year 10 or 11, and I asked him about it and he was like, Yeah, he's experience. And he said that you just you 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 just get that feeling. You you just know because of yeah. the way that they're talking, and you're thinking, but that person did exactly the same thing as me. But right. you're but now I've got the and they haven't. Right. But they did it before me. So right. is it is it is it is it a timing thing? Is it if I did it first
0: and then right. I wouldn't get the right. or like where is it? But right when you see a pattern. Then you yeah. know what it is and- i mean that's it think- it must be it must be a confusing process until you reach the conclusion obviously this is something i can't i can't speak to right so i i've been i mean i I played up a lot at school i wasn't i wasn't a golden child, and so I was in trouble quite a lot um, and uh there would have been you know some of those times where it was quite confusing where you try and work out you know <sighs> Why why did I get picked up for this one? Why was it me? And and it might be, you know, eventually you come to the realisation, yeah, well, because I've got a bit of a reputation or one thing or another. Mm. Um, eventually you come to a conclusion that maybe it's less about the environment or the scenario and it's perhaps more about the student. Um yeah. and obviously, you know, that conclusion is gonna come a little bit harder and a little bit faster if the reason is because, well, I'm the black student, right? And that's that's the reason.
2: Yeah. So how do I mean, you deal with it? Was...
0: You just got to
1: educate them and you, you have to give them the right resources at home. You have to give them the right support at home. You have to know, you have to say to them that you can't just have it in your head that every time something happens to you it's because of the color of your skin, because if that's right. your only thing, then you're not going to pick up when you were actually right. misbehaving. Right. Maybe yeah. you were yeah. being, maybe yeah. you were being a complete idiot yeah. and you deserved the detention, but it wasn't because of that. So if you're only going in with that on your head, then that's what you're going to see, you're going to be completely blinking. But if you're yeah. like, okay, that could be a reason, and I have to be aware of that, but mm-hmm. if I behave and do and do what I'm meant to do, then you're not giving anyone any ammunition. And then when they do it, then it's obvious to you yeah, right, right. why it's happened. So, you know, we give them, you know, Carla's um, written a brilliant book, uh, Natives, you know, Ishmael's read yeah. that, Hannah Hannah's read that. Um, you know, we're always talking about, you know, race, obviously the George Floyd stuff that happened. Yeah, sure. Huge conversations around that. And also, um, just again, you know, like just look at your environment, just look around, like observe people. Don't just be a wanderer in the street. Right. You've got to be looking and, and, and thinking, but then also don't just obviously only have that. As your thing. Well, that happened. Yeah, am yeah, like yeah. Of course,
2: yeah. No,
1: it, it didn't. Like, if the shop says take your hood off, take your hood off, mate. <laughs> right Yeah. You know, like, like don't just be like, no, nah, I don't. Well, yeah. and then if you get in trouble and you ask, because no, it's not, because you didn't take your hood off. like Just yeah, take your right, hood off. Right. Right. But there's those things there where you've got to, you've got to separate. So you've got to play by the rules. If you do play by the rules, you should be okay. Then yeah, You play right. by the rules, and something else happens and you
0: know
1: you've
0: done your part, then, then, you, know that, then you know where, yeah, where right, it turns from. Right, right, right. Um, so getting back on to some of the the broader picture then. Um, yes. Yeah. You are now moving in to do some work that perhaps responds to some of these things, some of the uh, weaknesses that you've seen, some of the things that you've observed in the schools and, and, and books that you've read. What's some of the work that you're that you're moving towards? And you've got a couple of projects coming up
1: well, um, there is one project that I can't divulge just yet. Sure. Uh, but it's called, cool. uh, but my, my main one, my personal one, is what, what I want to do is develop education centres across the world okay. that give children uh, the opportunity to, like we were saying before, focus on a particular thing for a given period of time. Right. Um, coupled with that, what, what we want to do is support them you know emotionally as well so they've got um it's kind of like like stress management trauma management as well so if they're going through a tough time or or have been they've got a person or a team and a, and a place to actually go to deal with right, that okay. and, you know, and, and to sort of work with that so it's not just about academia um but the main thing is and then what we what we want to do with these education centers is not just have them as places that we come to learn It's actually like a community center more than anything. So, you know, we want to sort of try and attach places where people can come and hang out and share ideas and all these sort of things. Where, But the main thing is about developing places where they can come and they want to do, for example, it would be like you do maths, English and computer science to sort of start. And then everybody would do those three in the first part of the day. So like you were saying about, those kids who maybe don't get it but can't get up to the passable level, everybody right. will be at a passable level. Still bringing level. them
0: up, yeah.
1: Intention. Um, intention. So, sorry, just... Um, yeah, no. I'm using my phone. and got a phone call. That's right. Um. So everybody will get to a passable level. So then in that, obviously we'd find out who likes what. Okay, second part of the day, kids that want to... Uh, do maths okay there's a room over there you can go and do maths for the rest of the afternoon right. English go and do that computer science go and do that and then what we're hoping is that if that's able to carry on that, that carries on for six months a year some kids are going to just be like whoosh sure. like yeah. two months they going to be up there
2: mm-hmm.
1: others not but okay you move at your pace
0: yeah. when
1: you know or you feel I'm ready for some harder work Or more challenging work, or more challenging learning, then we open the door for that. If you feel that you're still not quite there, then okay, we're still working with you there. Not like okay, you know, we've been doing you know trigonometry for three for three weeks. Now we're moving on. The kid that likes trigonometry but doesn't quite get it is now lost now.
0: Right. Yeah. Now they can never
1: go back to that.
0: That door is closed, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. The door's closed. So. You know, so I'm just turning up my volume. So, nah, no sorry. Problem. Um, so the door's closed for that. So that's what we want to do. We want to just keep the door open at yeah, all times. But work with the parents as well. So we understand the child, the, the young person, what, what their learning style is, where you know, where's the areas of um, improvement that's needed. What do they yep. want as a parent? Right. What does a community need? maybe the community yeah. needs you know plumbers or something like that or yeah, yeah. wherever it is okay so maybe we can incorporate some stuff that works towards that so it's not just we're here and we produce kids like you know in a factory
2: yeah 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 to,
1: for them once they leave the classroom for them to be able to go back
0: so and, this idea um, of like tying okay. the education tying the learning to the community in, in a lot of ways yeah uh yeah. Have you thought one idea that i have uh try well I've not yet tried it. I'm, I'm hoping to implement it when the schools open back up. And obviously with the current pandemic situation, that that's, uh, that's pushed off a little farther into the, uh, into the distance now. What I'd like to do, um, and what, what would perhaps fit with that? I wonder if you've thought much about it is as well as having the, you know, the teachers teaching their subjects, also having community members come in as kind of teachers. So, you know, have somebody come in for who works in a particular field or or who plays a particular role in the community so that the maths lesson doesn't have to just be taught by the maths teacher, but can, you know, you can have somebody come in who works in finance or somebody come in who's an investor or, uh, you know, somebody in who represents that subject in use in the in the broader community is that something you thought about yeah
1: that 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 is yeah you know yeah because we were sort of thinking about the same sort of thing as well because that different perspective and being able to you know put a real life person a real life set of situations onto the learning is what is just going to take you for the roof because in a maths thing if you don't learn about money, and then you only learn about money when you leave, yeah. and you're 16, 17, 18, and now you're being told, oh, you can get a loan.
2: You know, like, what do you mean, like, I don't know.
1: Yeah. know about but 15% interest. What's yeah. interest? Yeah. No, but if they were taught that, or That's introduced that from age eight, when they're 12, they already know. They don't need to be taught. They are, I know what interest, no, I've got no interest, yeah. no thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'll make my own money. You know, and then the thing of, you know, well, here's a guy, Warren Buffett. How many kids have heard of Warren Buffett?
0: Yeah, right. They know the the sports stars, they know the singers, but they don't know, yeah, yeah.
1: They don't know Warren Buffett and they don't know what he did to get to to, to get his money. Yeah. Most kids know about Bill Gates or Steve Jobs.
2: Yeah. But you
1: don't know about Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett's got a car, one car. He hasn't got a fleet of cars, he's got one car. Right. And the car is just the normal, just normal car. Right.
2: Yeah,
1: It's not like a, a Zonda or something like a Pagani. It's nothing uh, like that. It's just a normal car. But he's like richest man in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? But if you're not introduced to these type of people right. or people don't come in that yeah. will tell you about these type of people, then when you get to 18, 19, 20, it's just like a completely new world where if you were
0: learning that. That's car, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, you spend, you spend 12 years just isolated from the broader community in the classroom, and then you graduate from school and you leave that world behind and move into a new world. I mean, I, I remember when I was in school, um, you would talk about real, real life, right? You'd talk about the school and then real life, oh, what are you gonna do when you enter the real world? And school was this completely separate universe separate from the real world and yeah. uh the, there's such a big disconnect between what the school environment was and what the day-to-day events of the school day were compared to then you know as soon as you become an adult there's like a switch clicks and it's okay now you need yeah. to live in this environment
1: yeah yeah and that's the thing because there's no preparation for that again because there's no time right and there's no there's not any opportunity for that so it's like, you're sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't, because if, if you don't, then you're going to get it in the neck from parents yeah. and from local government. Right. And then if you do, then, you know, you know that you're not really preparing the kids right. fully. Like they're going to get, you know, the basics, they're going to know how to read and write and do some math equations. But for a child that needs to know how to navigate the world, you know you know county lines for example huge issue
2: right
1: you know there probably are schools out there that that are teaching it but outside of it being maybe like a one day two day training like what else is there really that's yeah, going into right. that like you need right. to get deep on that you need to really go yeah. in on that and yeah. have that as a thing you know gangs, gang gang violence all these sort of things like you need to have like cyber security you can't just have it as like yeah we did a little bit no, you, you need to go deep onto that you need to really yeah, yeah. obviously be careful the safeguard and everything else but it just has to be part of the um yeah
2: because
1: like you said we, we're we're in, we're, in, we're in a different world now i Absolutely. grew up when there was like rm nimbus and that was the thing, <laughs> yeah
2: you know yeah, right.
1: <laughs> rm nimbus spectrum and commodore and, yeah, and now right. we've got, i'm talking to you on, on my phone that's um, cra- know.
0: Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. You know. So what's your uh, idea for that project, this um, sort of community-centered initiative that you've just described? Um, is that something that would be parallel to the, uh, to the school system? Something that would, be, that would lead to, you know, would there be exams involved? Would there be accreditation involved? Or is this something that would be outside of that system? Or what do you think?
1: I think it'd be a combination of the two. There would definitely be accreditation. Uh, because people are going to need that, you know. Because people want to know, employers want to know. Yeah. Okay, right. what you've done is been recognised. Yeah. Um, as far as exams, I'm not a fan, but I understand that it's necessary to a to to a point. So I'd probably prefer assessments.
0: Yeah. I think with, with, with accreditation, even, you know, there's more and more opportunity now for accreditation without examination, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, Ofqual in the UK in particular, um, a lot of their qualifications are, are not exam based, you know, they are assessment based. So I think you can do a lot with assessment and still be accredited. Um, I think that the examinations that we're familiar with from schools are more just a kind of stuck cycle than they are even a requirement of the of the the accrediting bodies. I think the accrediting bodies have actually moved on and the schools mm-hmm. have kind of stuck in their ways. Um, and uh, yeah, I think if you're introducing a new model that doesn't do that, I think it's still very, very feasible to be accredited without the exams. Um, Ofqual, of yeah. as I say, Ofqual, which regulates... Uh, accreditation in in the uk anyway um it's not an exam most of their qualifications are not exam based Um, and you can end up with students who are coming out of a much more practical education with officially regulated qualifications that are still going to be valuable if they do later want to go into university if they want to you know jump on an apprenticeship if they want to get straight into an internship um these are the kind of qualifications that are actually more valuable i think than the exams but yeah, as you say for some reason kind of stuck in this cycle of exams where year after year after year uh it's just more of the same uh, but i yeah. think you've got a you've got a model there that, uh, yeah are you thinking of the u k first you, you said you want to d- develop these around the world? Where do you think you'll be starting
1: i'm I'm kind of thinking about Africa first really okay um, yeah u k um definitely ob- 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 for obvious reasons
2: but um i see i see africa as um as a good place to start
0: yeah, good. I don't know enough about Africa to have anything to say, but I think it's it's certainly something that um i mean I can't think of anywhere that that wouldn't benefit from a model like that right uh it seems like something that that you'd want pretty much anywhere in the world uh and and it would be a break from the tradition but a but a welcome break
1: well that's the thing that's the thing i think is it's, its' also giving parents an opportunity to see potentially what your son or daughter can really do yeah you know what is it that they're really good at and i think most parents have got a very good idea of what their kids are really interested in and what they're really good at um but again it goes back to what we were saying of you you want to steer them down that road of safety where you know if you get your gcse's then you know it's easier for you to get a job which is true yeah yeah but then if you know if you go and you get the a levels and you go to uni then you can get but when you go to uni and come out it's it's a lottery i'm sorry you can come out with yeah. your first or yeah. your, or, or, or your two one but you've got no guarantee because the other 40 kids that was in sharing a classroom with you
0: you are after like three jobs that's exactly right yeah and everybody's kids. the same right everybody comes out of it pretty yeah. much the same because they haven't had a chance to try anything different they've been on the pipeline right
1: yeah, yeah 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 so yeah. um so yeah so so africa There's i've got a, a, a good friend of mine asita okay. Minka. um he's out in nigeria and we're sort of working together to sort of try and get this started um yeah. but yeah, we're we're definitely hopeful so hopefully we can get something going maybe next year probably
0: obviously we're back on we're the
1: back end of this year now so yeah
0: we'll see brilliant well maybe once you've got some foundations in place we can come back and have a look and have another chat and see how it's going yeah, I'd love to, definitely, right. definitely, definitely. Good, well, thanks a lot, Gary. Uh, is there anywhere people can connect with you or is there anywhere they can follow your work and the, as, as the project develops, is there anything we can send people to?
2: Yeah, just LinkedIn,
1: just I'm there, Sort of most times I'm posting pretty regularly now. Yeah, um, yeah LinkedIn is the place to, place to find me, definitely.
0: Good, all right, we'll, we'll put some links in the bottom here and uh, yeah, maybe we'll catch up again once you've got things rolling.
1: Yeah, definitely. And
0: we'll keep in touch as well anyway. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Gary. All right. Thanks, Carl. Yeah. Bye-bye now.
2: Bye-bye.